This is the MLW Radio Network. The following podcast is brought to you in part by Front Row Material. And here's your host, Mr. Mike Freeland. Let the discussion begin as soon as that bell rings. All right, guys, welcome to another week of Front Row Material. My name is Mike Freeland. I am once again filling in for the guys who are still away. We uh, we have gotten some uh, confirmation that that uh, departure from the show hopefully will not be much longer. But we got a big show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the WWE Hall of Fame. What goes into the selection of who goes into the Hall of Fame? Well, Triple H discusses that. We're also going to be talking about CM Punk's recent comments about AEW and Vince McMahon. Who really fears who, if anybody at all? All of that and so much more. It is WrestleMania week. We have so much to discuss. Going to be joining us later on in the program. It's going to be Mike Unit. He is part of the Mike World Order. Uh, Christopher Butt, our good friend from Canada. Liam Savage, a.k.a. Vince Russo Jr., a.k.a. Jesus, which I feel so bad saying that because we just had Easter. Uh, the Rit himself with uh, that magnificent Duck Dynasty beard he has and so much more. But before we get into it, we have a very special guest joining us this evening. He is an ECW legend himself. He has been in the ring for some of the most iconic matches that have happened inside uh, the famous bingo hall in Philadelphia. His name is Jim Molyneux. Jim, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can. You sound fantastic. Coming through loud Perfect. and clear. Got the technical issues out of the way. I'm hey, not as bad as Jerry. I was just about to say, <laughs> not as bad as Jerry Lynn. You are doing well on your first day, my friend. Had to get my Jerry jab in. Hey, we all have to get our Jerry jabs in. We all have to get them in. But uh, how you been? What's uh, what's going on in your world? Pretty good. Um, things have kind of. It was funny. They they kind of slowed down for me for a little bit, but now they they've kind of picked up. Um, uh, back in January, I thought I was having another heart attack, um, but it turned out to be just a, a blood pressure issue, and that's under control now. Um, cool. And and while that happened, I thought. I'm getting too um, stressed out about running a wrestling company during a, a pandemic and, and everything. So uh, the guys who were doing the booking for old time wrestling, I offered them the opportunity to, to get, take the company over. Uh, they took it. Um, and so I have no more stress <laughs> in in the way of uh, worrying about when you're going to run again and, and everything that was involved with that. Um, but, and I thought it would be taking it easy, but in the meantime, I've, I've picked up um, a gig with a local company called um, dog wrestling. Uh, nice. I am, I am their um, head of their matchmaking um, committee uh, for that, for that company. And then I was also invited to the ECWA, to referee uh, for the Super 8 tournament that they have every year. It's a prestige. If you don't know anything about it, it's on the independent circuit, it's a, it's a big deal. Big Absolutely. prestigious um, tournament that they, they run every year. And um, I accepted it, but I really forgot to tell them that this is the first time I've 
reft in seven years. Uh, so, uh, so I'm, I'm back to the gym, uh, more than I was. Uh, cool. so I picked up my gym regimen a little bit and, uh, this week I'm going to be, uh, going to a, a friend's, uh, school and hitting the ring, uh, for the first time, just to scrape off some of the ring rust and, and see where I am. Well, let me ask you this. So, I mean, a lot of people know you from watching you on TV for years and, the iconic memories that you were a part of in ECW. Now you're in a second phase of your wrestling career. Obviously you'd run a promotion. Tell me a little bit about that. How did that all old time wrestling come about? What was the whole genesis of that? Because I think a lot of people would love to know how that came to be and, and how you started to get involved in that. Well, old time wrestling started really, um, after ECW shut down, I uh, went to uh, the Monster Factory, which is is a local school and uh, in the in the area, a world famous school, um, mm-hmm. and offered my services, you know, whatever they needed. Sure. And um, they were trying to run shows, and they weren't going as well as everything uh, planned. Uh, so their their head trainer at the time, Ed Atlas, uh, who was really running the school. Uh, at the time because Larry had, uh, Larry Sharp had been ill, had cancer. And so Ed was really running everything. And I came in and lended a hand and we started running shows under the banner of old time wrestling. Cause there was really nothing running out of the monster factory at the time. And we were running shows and, and we actually, we found a building where we could train and set up permanently and run shows. So, um, we were running shows every week and um, it, it, while, while that happened, you know, the, the basic story of, you know, anything can happen in wrestling and only in wrestling, we kind of, we split off from the monster factory and went off on our own. And uh, we had stayed in that building uh, and we were there for, we were in that first building for maybe five or six years. Uh, running shows, good building, good size building. Uh, ceiling was a little low, um, but the, the the roof leaked like Niagara Falls. Oh, geez. And we would be running matches, and you could see a video of me running through the back with buckets, throwing them out the back door, <laughs> <laughs> buckets of water out the back door. So we, we end up moving out of there into another building, a little smaller, but a higher ceiling, so it, it balanced out. And um, and we were running shows there again every week. Uh, we were also running shows every um, once a month on, on Saturday night. So we were doing um, five shows a month um, and in a, in a building where there's no air conditioning because it was a warehouse. Uh, we backed oh, off. We backed off on the Saturday afternoon shows, which were our, were our weekly shows and just went with a Saturday evening show. Uh, for the summer months. So really it got to the point where we were running maybe 40 shows uh, in a year. Um, wow. And we, and what was great about that uh, just for, for my fun of it, we were able to do some decent storylines because, you know, you, you've got fans who are coming every week and you have the talent who's sticking there with you uh, because they're coming out of the school that we were running. Um, right. You know, so, so we were able to do some decent storylines and have have some fun with it and, you know, encourage people. The, the storylines encourage people to come back. And, and we were able to do that. 
Um, but Ed moved back to uh, Canada to be close to his family. Um, and we were still running on a regular basis. Uh, my the, the person who took over training for me was uh, Brian Johnson, who you can see now on Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was my trainer. And um, it was four. It's almost four years now um, since I had my actual heart attack. Um, and I decided then it was time to slow things down a little bit. And students weren't um, coming as as often as as they were. So that was a big part of paying the rent. Um, sure. So I said, well, it's time to get out of the building. And and Brian was starting to focus his attention more towards Ring of Honor, which I completely understand. Um, so um, when we did that, we, we got out of the building, we put the ring in storage, and we just found a couple of buildings that we were able to run. Uh, and we were running, I guess, um, seven, eight shows a year um, between three buildings, uh, two on a regular basis, one we did once a year, which was uh, Stockton University, uh, just outside of Atlantic City. We were able to do a charity show for them every year for their uh, veterans organization. Nice. Uh, so we had fun. We did that for three years. And um, but like I said, the pandemic came along and slowed everything down. We were doing some nice stuff on the Internet. And um, it just, you know, I think it was time for me to, to move on. Uh, the guys have the same uh, projections for, for OTW that I had, the same theories, the same hopes, same dreams. Um, so I, I think that it's in, the company's in good hands. That's why I was willing to let them be the ones to take it. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's got to be one of those things, Jim, where, it's in your blood. You love it. It's 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 like a family member, you know. And sure. to to let something go like that does take a lot of restraint. I give you a ton of credit for that. Um, but you know what? When you move with one situation, another situation opens up, another opportunity, and now that's really exciting. You're gonna get back into to refereeing as well. And I guess that kind of takes me into to this direction. How did your wrestling uh, career begin? How did you decide that? you know, you wanted to be a referee or who first approached you or what was the genesis of all of that? It was kind of not really decided for me, but it was offered to me. I wanted to start in the wrestling business as a manager, huge Jim Cornette, um, Bobby Heenan fan. So I, I had done a couple of shows that no one will ever see the day, light of day of video of um, as a manager and um, so I had a created created a character, extravagant Jimmy Fortune, came out with a briefcase. Ooh, I like um, that. That's a good name. Man, managed a couple of guys, um, did a couple of shows, and approached Joel Goodhart, who at the time was running Tri-State Wrestling Alliance. And I kn knew Joel from from his fan club and his t and uh, TV, his radio show. Uh, approached him about coming on board as a manager, and he said, "I really don't need a manager. What I really need." is another referee he had John Finnegan and Joe Zanoli, who's now in charge of the ECWA. Um, and um, he said, I really need another referee. And he, you know, laid everything out to me, the, the training, um, how much it would be, um, what he could guarantee for me. Um, and and whatever, the, the guarantee that he made to me actually did come true. He said I could make X amount of money in a year, and I did. Um, and I worked pretty much every show once I started. 
Um, so that's, that was how I got into refereeing. Uh, he said, <laughs> he said, call me back in a couple of days and let me know what you think. So I called him back 10 minutes later and, and <laughs> said, you know, I'll see you Tuesday night over at the school. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, so for a lot of us who have never stepped into a wrestling ring, uh, me specifically, the role of the referee, as Jerry and Mikey have told me, is incredibly important. And, and Jerry always says it takes three to dance. Um, without the referee, without that third man in there who is so vital to everything that goes on, keeps everybody in line. It's almost the coach, the general of what's happening in there. Um, how does one even begin to learn the steps that it is when you're inside the ring? Is it something that you learned from a former referee as well? Did someone take you under their wing or was it one of those, you know what, I just had to cut my teeth and learn as I went? No, I, I went to the, the school that, that Joel had, and um, I had mentioned John Finnegan, uh, and John trained me. He, you know, we got in the ring, and I would be in there. Basically, you're in the, the best way to do it is really get in there with the guys while they're going over matches or, or training themselves. Um, so that was how we I, I would pick it up. And, you know, he would point things out here and there, how, how not to – be in the way here when this happens or, or how to, you know, kind of stay in the corners. And, just, you know, the main, the first thing you really learn is to keep out of the way. Right. Um, and the funny thing is the first match I did in front of a crowd, I got backed into a corner <laughs> by the, by the two wrestlers and, and basically had to kind of take a, a mini bump. <laughs> but, wow. but, you know, you just go over the different things. And then when it's time for you to, you know, step up your game, whether it's uh, the addition of of never having to work in front of a of um, a television camera, then you have to learn to work uh, differently. You don't make a full circle around the ring. You're only making part of a circle. Uh, you're not stepping in front of the camera. You're you're trying to not you know keep. You're trying to keep out of the way of the cameraman. You're you're trying to remember what's going on with the match and what you need to know for your involvement in the match and and getting the time. Because uh, at the time we didn't have earpieces like they do now, so we were, you know, you'd have to keep checking the timekeeper, giving you time signals, um, and you're, you know, you're you're watching the crowd, you're making sure somebody, somebody's not approaching the ring or trying to get in while the match is going on, and then especially in ECW when you're going through the crowd, you're making sure nobody's coming up from behind uh, <laughs> during the match. So um, there, there's a lot to learn, but a lot of it is. You know, you have to learn it as you go along. You had mentioned, you know, obviously working in ECW and, you know, people who are hardcore, rabid ECW fans remember you and Finnegan. And it's just it, those are the two people that I always remember because you're always in the, in the ring. I mean, the wrestlers may change, but the generals are always in there. What was it like? I mean, from a from a fan and a viewer's perspective, it seemed very violent and very out of control. However, I have a feeling it was a very controlled out of control, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was. We were, you know, not that John and I were in control, but the, the you know, what was going on in the ring was in control. The guys knew what they were doing. I, I don't really think, as crazy as it looked, I don't think a lot of the guys did things that they didn't think they could do. Uh, there were there were a few times where, yeah, there, there were things that they probably – shouldn't have done um, <laughs> um as, as you know 
as, as a result with injuries. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it was out of, con- as out of control as, as we made it look, or, or as I should say the wrestlers made it look because we had no control over it. We were, you know, part, we were props. We were part of the, the show itself. Um, but we had a different job um, than the wrestlers there. You know, there, we were, we're almost like, um, I don't want to say director, but almost like um, someone from the backstage of, of a play being right there on the stage with the performers. Right. Is that, does that make some kind of sense? It, it does. It absolutely does. Yeah, like I don't want to say that we're the directors because we're not. We're not telling them exactly what, you know, what to do, but we're, we're sure helping them along. You're definitely the eyes and ears of everything, you know what I mean? So people can do their thing while you kind of manage everything else around it. Um, you talked about, you know, making sure no fans got involved with the wrestlers themselves, especially when you go through the crowd. Was it something within ECW that people just understood the regulars that, hey, hands off? Or was that a situation of, you know what, every night's different. We don't know who's doing what. And uh, just cross your fingers that we come out safe on the other end. Um, I, I think at the beginning it was that <laughs> I, there were a couple of times at the arena where it got a little, um, touch and go a little pushy. Um, but I think that that kind of maintained a control eventually. Uh, and they, you know, the regulars really took up the whole building, um, at the end with, with ECW, I shouldn't say at the end, but, um, there, there weren't as many, um, casual fans at the arena as there would be if we were to come to Buffalo for the first time or, or to Chicago or places like that, um, that, that didn't see us on a regular basis and, and didn't work with, um, the, uh, security guys. I, I think the security guys had a good repertoire with, with the crowds that we went to on a regular basis, Philadelphia, New York, particularly. Right. Um, yeah, I, think I think that, that, that added a lot to it. Oh, no, I agree. I have a tremendous respect for Atlas. And I think Atlas is still even working with AEW now, which I think is really, really cool when they were. Yeah, I don't know if they are or not. I haven't seen them lately, but that might have, you know, a lot to do with it. There's no crowd. Right. Um, But I, you know, I'd love to see uh, Atlas. Those guys know what they're doing. Whenever I see them on a show, I know no problems. When when I mentioned some names here, obviously, you know, you, you all automatically think this is uh, this is going to be entertaining, to say the least. But Terry Funk, um, you know what he would do with obviously the branding iron and the chairs and all that kind of stuff. When you were in the ring, did you ever feel like. I'm trying to think of the right way to, to, to phrase this here. Did you ever feel like I better make sure I stay out of the way? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I better yeah. I better keep my distance because I feel like Terry was so into it <laughs> that you know what? You, you better watch out or you might get clocked. Yeah, it, it was almost like there was a glaze that went over his eye at one point. <laughs> and, <laughs> or, and and you could tell when it was, it was when uh he would start that windmill swing, that that overhead windmill punch. And you're like, here we go. And you just take a couple of steps back and, and make sure you're close enough to get the one, two, three and be able to get out of there in case right. that glaze doesn't relieve his eyes. <laughs> uh, and there were a couple of times I got caught by him. Um, and, you know, Terry's very um, 
off the cuff, just goes right with the, the feeling. And it works for it worked for him. It, it, it really did. Um, and, you know, you, you play along. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> what would you say are, are some of your favorite moments that you had in your time in ECW? Were there any that kind of stand out as, God, that was awesome. Yeah, it might have been a little crazy, but man, I tell you what, that was so well done, and I am so happy that I was a part of it. Um, I don't know about crazy, um, but there are definitely matches that I refed that I felt were uh, important to the company um, that that meant something. Uh, in particular, um, the night they crossed the line. Um, yes. the, the triple threat match between Shane and Sabu and Terry Funk. Um, at the time, it was tape training time. And I think that was probably the most traded tape for a long time. And I think that match in particular, not the whole show, but that match in particular put ECW on an international map. Um, but yeah, working, no, you know, was but some of the, yeah, some of the other matches um we're doing the the guerrero malenko matches were, were incredible um working with with guys like like jerry and mikey um and having a good repertoire with with working on people on a with people on a regular basis especially the champions because if your champion was comfortable with not having to worry about his referee and 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 knowing the particulars of the referee and, and the referee knowing the particulars of the champion um it made things a lot easier in, in particular uh just incredible pj and i got along great and and i knew his matches and i i could tell where he was going with certain things i could see it in the look in his face uh shane douglas same way working with him so much that you you, you just get that sync and you understand the wrestler and and his his mindset uh, your thoughts of the night Shane uh, dropped the belt um, with the NWA, looking at that in, in, in history as it pertains to ECW, what would you say, obviously being a promoter, being the owner of a company before, what, what was your thought on that whole situation now that we look back at so many years ago? Uh, I think that um, it was it was particularly the, the best move for the company. I, you know, I don't think, I, I think the NWA was make, trying to make a comeback and between Todd and Paul uh, who, and whoever else made decisions at the time um, felt the NWA wasn't going to work and that ECW shouldn't be a part of it. We should be off on our own, do our own thing. And we had the possibility to do it with, with our television. Um, I think we were syndicated at the time, some in some places, not as, as big as we were, um, toward the, the latter years, but it, it's, I'm, I'm sure we were syndicated out into Pittsburgh and, and up into New York and into Florida. So we, you know, we felt like we could stand our own two feet. So, um, yeah, throwing it down, I, I think another way of putting the spotlight on us, you know, a, a tape trading moment, if you want to call it that, you know, and um, it's it was a way to, you know, like I said, put the spotlight on us and, and you know, send us off into space. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And I had mentioned before about like the Malinkos and the Herreros, and then obviously the Brit and the, the Juventudes. And, you know, they had such an influx of international stars that have come through ECW. When you think about 
um, just it's a who's who. And so many Hall of Fame careers, you know, have come through doors of ECW. And it's funny because we were talking to Sabu a few weeks ago when he was mentioning, you know, the company is only in existence for seven years, but here we are talking about it, you know, 30 years later, and it's still such a hotbed topic and people still are ravenous about ECW. Are you surprised by that? Or do you think that in the moment you knew that however long this lasted, it would definitely leave an indelible impression on wrestling fans? Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I always look at ECW uh, in, in the music business terms as, of a band. And there are legendary bands that did not last that long that are still talked about, played on the radio, movies made about. Um, so, yeah, I... I really classify ECW as, as something that's talked about under the, the same principles as, as a band. What was your relationship with, uh, with Todd Gordon? What, what kind of person was Todd uh, as far as behind the scenes that you got to know? Todd was no great to work with behind the scenes. I, I had no issues with, with Todd at all. I, I don't know if he had any with me. I doubt it. I don't, I don't think he did, <laughs> um, but there was a point when, um, ECW was in its infancy and um, we were just local. We, I, I don't even know if, yeah, I think we were, we were on the local sports channel by then. Um, and I had gotten laid off from my nine to five job. And Todd said, well, why don't you come into the office and do some things for us uh, for ECW and uh, took him up on the offer and, and it worked out great. I, I you know, until I got called back to work. Um, but yeah, Todd was a big help with me there. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people absolutely loved Todd. And, and the phrase Todd is God was, was not just a cat <laughs> really endeared themselves to, to Todd. Um, I know there were some people who were especially close to Todd and, uh, and loved to, to hang out with Todd after the show as well. Um, but what other things are you going to remember as far as Todd's impact on ECW before he eventually departed? Oh, just he was he was willing to take the chance to start a company. Um, I don't know. And at that level, uh, let, let's say get get a company to that level um, with what I did with OTW was absolutely nothing compared to what what Todd did for for ECW uh, in the way of starting a company. Um, I don't think I could have taken the pressure to, to do the th some of the things that he did and had to do. Um, I'm, I'm not a businessman like that. I, I have great admiration for, for what he accomplished for, for ECW and getting us to the point where we, you know, until he, until Paul took over. Was, uh, was your relationship, you would say, with Paul Heyman? Because, gosh... Every single person that we've talked to, yeah, it's the same thing. It's just a chuckle and a, oh, my. What, Jim, without having to divulge too much, what was your relationship with Paul? What were your interactions with Paul? And tell me exactly how much to the penny does Paul still owe you? <laughs> you know what? I have the paperwork on my on my bureau in the bedroom. Don't I, mess with the man uh, that works in the office. <laughs> um. No, I had a great relationship with Paul. Um, I think people, uh, maybe some people behind the scenes, wrestlers, um, think that I may have had a, a closer relationship with Paul than I did. But I was never at the studio. 
Um, I rode with Paul uh, occasionally, or I would drive Paul occasionally because I was known for for being the person to be responsible to to drive people to the shows, um, get them there in time for um, you know setting up the box office and the behind the scene things. Uh, so um, yeah, I had a great relationship with Paul, no problem at all, um, except for you know the the same problem that most people have with him, but it's you know thirty years later. Was, were you married at the time when, when ECW obviously was going on? What, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I love to get the comments, the thoughts, the perspective of the spouse. Here you are on television. She's got to be just wringing her hands thinking, what in the hell is my husband getting himself <laughs> involved in? Or was she smartened up? No, hey, look, everything's cool. Um, or was she just kind of a, a spectator like the rest of us? Um, I thought you were going to go at a different perspective because I was about ready to say that the the best ECW book has not been written yet, and it should be written by all uh, wives and ex-wives and ex-girlfriends of ECW people <laughs> and their their comments about Paul, uh, which I, 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 really, I can't say his name too loud because she'll come running into the room having a fit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, actually, it you know, with where you went with the question, completely different. My wife didn't watch it. She wow. didn't, she's not a wrestling fan. She hates it. She completely hates it. Um, she, she can't believe that every once in a while I'll turn it on. What are you still watching that for? Look what you, you know, blah, 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 blah. it goes on. And I shouldn't say that like that either. Cause she's in the next room. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, she, she just never, never was a fan, never liked it. Um, and it was, a paycheck for me, uh, you know, it was, it was supporting the family. It was the, the most important thing was, it, did you come home with a paycheck that week Right. Uh, in, in her eyes? Um, or, you know, just so, so I don't come home crippled or, you know, I'll be out for, for weeks, which I did at one point, I, I tore my ACL, did a partial ACL tear and I was out six to eight weeks, but oh, wow. I was paid, but I was paid for the shows that I, missed because of the injury um and i wasn't paid for the behind the scenes um work that i that i would have done those weeks because i wasn't able to travel right wow um what would you say is your mount rushmore obviously keeping this show aside no biasness here what is your mount rushmore <laughs> of ecw we always love to ask legend cw who would you put on there and I guess the to qualify for this would be um, the people who you feel had the biggest impact in the success of ECW. Wow. Um, I, I'm probably going to go with people that, that most fans wouldn't go with, um, just in particular because I was there the whole time. So I think um, I kind of lean a little more towards uh, some of the – the originals um, than I would with, with people at the end with, you know, no disrespect to anybody like, like a Mike Awesome or, or a Masato Tanaka. Um, I, I would definitely go Shane Douglas. If, if anyone, uh, Shane Douglas, um, Tommy Dreamer for his dedication and devotion, un, undenying devotion. It just, you know, no matter what, I'm going to see this throw. Um, definitely those two. Um, maybe uh, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, 
just because he was a big enough name fresh out of WCW to WWE. Um, but he stayed with us a long uh, period of time to make it to, to attract people where if, if a Steve Austin came in, he was only in for, you know, a month or two. Um, right. And it wasn't that big of an attraction where, where, where Cactus stayed and was, was, you know, important with the company for, for a long time. Um, you know, for a fourth one, I hate to come, I hate to say someone who worked behind, was behind and it can the be scene. anybody. Yeah, it can um, be anybody. Wow. A fourth one. It, it's so hard to pick a fourth one because there's so many that that you can choose for for your fourth. Um, I'm, I, you know, for the same reason that I, I pick Foley, I would pick Bam Bam Bigelow. Nice. Because he was an international name. Mick Foley was an international name too, but but Bam Bam was an international name, worked for WWE, worked Japan, worked all over the world, and everybody knew him. No, no matter if you were a wrestling fan or not, if, if Bam Bam Bigelow walked into your restaurant or walked into your gas station or worked in, walked into a department store, everybody knew who Bam Bam Bigelow was. Yes. And, and I think that helped us tremendously, too. Wow. There are so many things that we could spend. And I want to do more with you and talk more with you because I know you hey, have so many more stories. Hey, what do you mean? Uh, I, bet. <laughs> I, like that. I want to talk more and more uh, different things about refereeing itself because I think the the role of the referee is is so important and i'm a big referee fan and yeah i, I love just it. let me let me just jump in here real quick tonight's the hall of fame we're doing this on the night of the hall of fame we and, are. and one thing that that pisses me off and i'm not saying it for me and i'm not saying it for you know anyone that i'm friendly with but why in the hell are there no referees in the wwe hall of fame very good, I, very good call. It, it puzzles me that that someone like um, a, a Tim White is not in there. Um, go back to to Dick Worley. Yeah, uh, you know there are so so many guys that that work just as hard as as the wrestlers. I'm I'm sorry if I piss off any wrestlers, but there are guys referees who have worked as hard and and as long, or maybe even, and even longer than some of the wrestlers and um they get absolutely no recognition they, they get no recognition on television now they don't their names do not get mentioned um i have to give it to to joey styles uh when he was uh our broadcast when he was calling our our matches um he made sure every referee was mentioned at least once uh during that hour of ecw and I don't think anyone else there. No one does it anymore. I think he was the first one to really do it on a regular basis. And I think the others picked up on it for, for a while and they, they've since dropped it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no way that uh, wrestlers should not be included in the WWE hall of fame. Shame on you guys. No, I agree with you 100% on that. And I think, and I think a lot of people agree with me. Cauliflower alley is the hall of fame. Um, WWE for as much as they would like to tout themselves um, and they do have the the popularity or whatnot. I feel like the Cauliflower Alley 
is the prestige because it it really means something. And I'm with you. I agree. I think referees need to get much more credit for what they do, for what they contribute. And like Jerry has always said to me, even in private conversations, it takes three to dance. You know, it's not two to tango. It's three right. to dance. And um, right. And, wow. and back to the WWE, when you have someone like Triple H, um, who's supposed to be in charge or, or at least close enough to the top and having experience in the ring and time in the ring and, and respected for his time in the ring should know that a referee's what what a referee does and how much he contributes to a match and you don't have to tell the fans how much a referee contributes to a match just tell the fans how much dedication the referee has to the business and that's that's where you can get your angle if you want to call it that to get your referees into your hall of fame jim i could not agree with you more you you my friend are preaching the truth (laughs) <laughs> and uh, where I tell you what, because we're going to have you back for more. But where can people follow you right now? Um, talk about the different promotions, obviously, where fans can start coming back from. And are there conventions that are going to be happening? Are you going to be making any appearances? So the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, you can get a hold of me. The only way you can get a hold of me on social media is through Twitter. And it's at Jim Molino, J-I-M-M-O-L-I-N-E-A-U-X. Um, I don't have Facebook. <laughs> I can tell somebody, um, in, in 120, um, letters to what they can do. I don't, yes. need, <laughs> I don't need a, a Facebook to do that. Um, and yeah, that's the way you can get a hold of me. If you want to book me for stuff, great. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get back into shows, um, the conventions, you know, I, I don't know many referees that go to conventions, but if I did a convention, I would love to do it with um, John Finnegan and Mike Keener. Uh, the three of us together, I think would be great. Uh, so if, if any anybody who puts conventions together, we would love to do that. And we would love to do it in the warm place. <laughs> Florida or California would be great. No, any, any trips to Florida would be great because my family, most of my family's there and I throw in a quick, visit to mom or the grandkids nice well wait a minute i was just having an idea that the three of you guys in a podcast oh wow oh, that would be cool I, i'm i'm telling you right now and i'm saying I'm keener because i i love my keener we've, we've worked together a lot um since um the ecw days but there are plenty of other referees that that were there guys Wee, jeff jones uh billy saints look him up uh um uh, uh, that, oh my God, he's going to kill me for not mentioning his name. name. Uh, Paul Richard, great referee out of the Boston area. Uh, worked with the WWE before he worked with uh, ECW. Great guy. Um, so, yeah, there were plenty of other referees other than, than myself and John and Mike. But I think a lot of people remember the three of us more than, than any of the others as the referees because uh, we were there towards the end when we had the TNN deal. Um and some people saw us more on the pay-per-views. And plus, John and I were the only ones. Here's a good trivia question answer, or a good good trivia answer for your ECW fans. John Finnegan and I were the only two guys who were with the company from day one to the last day. Oh, wow. Never, le- never left. We were the only wow. two that stayed around. That's awesome. That's, that's saying a lot right there, my friend, because there was a lot of up and downs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there sure was. Wow. Well, we will bring you back. We want to definitely talk more. We want to talk about when you guys went to TNN. 
We want to talk about some relationships with some other people that you've crossed paths with. But guys, please definitely follow him on social media. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and promote uh, your Twitter handle and where they can get a hold of you. Please get a hold of Jim if you'd like to go ahead and book him as well. Jim, I can uh, can I twist your arm to come back and do a more referee talk with us? Sure, love to do it. And if like you said, if you want to check out ECWA, uh, go to their website. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, ECWA for the Super Eight. I'll be refereeing that, and uh, my my buddies who uh, who trust me to uh, run some matches for them uh, at Dog, D A W G, wrestling. Perfect. I will go ahead. Like I said before, I'm going to go ahead and send that stuff out. Jim, thank you so much for allocating a portion of your evening. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Sure, no problem. Peace and love. See ya. All right, guys, that was Jim Molino, ECW legend. And I tell you what, I've talked to Jim before. Talk about just such a good guy and such an easy person to talk to. You know, sometimes you'll interview people and it will be it'll be different. It'll almost feel like it's a it's a tough conversation. But with Jim, everything flows. It's so easy. He has so many different stories. And I don't know. It, those are the type of people that I feel like I could talk just hours with sitting on the back porch with an ass tea. All right. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we are going to bring in our panel. We're going to talk about everything that's going on in the world of wrestling right now. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave me. I'm too sexy for my shirt, too sexy for my shirt, so sexy. It hurts. And I'm too sexy for Milan. Too sexy for Milan. New York and Japan. Take it. And I'm too sexy for your party. Too sexy for your party. No way. I am disco dancing. I'm a model. You know what I mean. And I do my little turn on the cowwalk. Yeah, on the cowwalk. On the cowwalk, yeah. I do my little turn on the cowwalk. I'm a model. 
Was that was that any good? Oh my god. All right, we're back. You gotta love the too sexy song. You well, let's be honest. You've probably heard it so many damn times. You're probably like either I'm sick of it or I've memorized it already. Well. With that being said, I want to thank our guest, Jim Molino, once again, who will be promoting Jim. And you can reach out to him with the DMs on Twitter, and we will be continuing to promote uh, appearances he will be at. And once again, if there's any premieres or appearances as far as conventions are concerned, we will definitely let you know. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and let's get on with the program. Joining us tonight is our esteemed panel of wrestling minds he is from canada but he's lives in our hearts he is a christopher five buddy how are you i'm good gentlemen bottoms up pinkies out that's right that's what i love to hear my friend drinking a little of the grandpa's cough syrup right now my friend i am fucking in one tonight boys that is what i like you make me happy my friend you make me happy Whiskey makes me happy. <laughs> well, your brother from another mother. Wow, you think I'm a little kind of bender. Your brother from another mother that has a great looking beard. His name is The Rit. Look at that. Two bearded men. Man, I'm surprised you don't share a log cabin together somewhere in the woods. Hey, what's going on there, Mr. Butt? Freeland, how are you guys doing? I'm good, Rit. You, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Looking, if you're looking he was fresh. my brother, we put him up for adoption. <laughs> God, you got to love it. You got to love it. Well, you know what? It will not be a complete dance without another man. And uh, Pinky's out to this man as well. He is Liam, but we often refer to him as Vince Rosu Jr. and Jesus. But you know what? Because it was Jesus just Easter, Russo. Jesus Russo. Let's go ahead and let's add him to the stream right now. There he is. There's the good-looking man. And you know what? I love it. He's live and he doesn't give a shit. He's drinking the beer. What's what's going on, Jesus Russo? What the fuck, Vince Russo Jr. <laughs> like, is this? Are you gonna drop this at some point or what? No. You know what? It's a shift that's that's worked and it's gonna continue to work. Uh, how are you doing, by the way? You look good. Oh, just fantastic. Just great. Thank you so much. And you? And you're not hang you're not I'm good. You're not hanging out on the side of the road this week. And you know what? We appreciate it. Not that. yet. There was a lot of people who were worried about you, my friend. They were concerned, you know. They were they were seeing the they were hearing the cars go by and they said, Mike, is he gonna be all right? And I said, You know what? He's gonna be fine. Did they think I, I was homeless, homeless or something? Homeless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Living on the mean new market. North I've explained this. I've explained this, man. Like you know, the whole family goes to sleep really early. So, right. I'm a night worker, not like that. Okay. And um, <laughs> twenty bucks is twenty bucks, Liam. It's okay. Hey, no, that's it's, right. It's it's thirty. Oh, no. <laughs> it all so, pays so, the you know, name. At a certain point, it's like okay, get the frig out of the house so I can. Uh, everybody can sleep right so i need to uh kind of honor that so i'm sorry okay no that's fine that's totally fine i get it butt's Good. already done with okay. his first drink and that's what i like finish that shit right now finish it right now don't worry i got another one 
Oh my God, he's got one in the glass. Oh, see, that's a pro right there. That's a pro. a pro. You know what? Who's a, you know who's a pro. You know who needs no introduction. He is the leader of the Mike World Order, and he put us all to shame last he's week. And you know smart. what? We have to bring him back. He he's is smart. the Mike Unit. Oh, look at that! There he's he got is. his weightlifter shirt on. Got the traps popping. Looking good. Yeah. Mike units, Mike Cook. Oh god! Here we go. Oh god! Yeah, just. Uh, uh, gotta yeah. Do it. <laughs> it's the unit, y'all. Don't know, Mike. Oh god! How's, how's it going, everyone? Um, good, buddy. You. It's been a, it's been a good past couple of days. I started my uh, new job. Um, uh, what is it, a bouncer? No. So, <laughs> Bodyguard? No. I've done that before, but that's a different story. Um, so, growing up military, family, um, I always wanted to work for this company called Navy Federal Credit Union, which is like yes. great pay, great benefits, longevity. I've been chasing this job on and off for the past 15 years. So, I've reached out to a friend who was also a recruiter for a, a job agency. And within two weeks, I started my first day yesterday. Congratulations, Congratulations my friend. Congrats. Yeah. Good for you, dude. And, but you know what? You want to know what the biggest shock from the past few days? I got, oh a text I got a text message Sunday. Oh. And I almost dropped my drink when I was eating dinner when I got it because of who it was, the person that messaged me. I would have never expected it. Okay. It was it was Mike Freeland. Freeland sent oh. me a text. He sent me a text saying Happy Easter. I was like, holy shit. It's Mike Freeland. <laughs> it's actually him, you know, saying, hey, Happy Easter, many blessings. I'm about to have a damn heart attack because you caught me off guard. I'm the worst communicator in the world. Yeah, hashtag okay. Freeland doesn't answer. But I can't say that yep. for a while because <laughs> he messaged me. I didn't reach out to him. Okay, you know how what? many shows have I done now? Oh, on dozens. Episode? I mean, dozens. I remember half of them. But I've done a bunch. <laughs> Zero text messages. You know the only person that messages me? Beardo. Sent me a text message the other day. Wish me happy Easter. He asked oh. if we celebrate that in Canada because we're a third world fucking country. <laughs> oh but God. nonetheless, he, he sent me a message. Shut Wait, up. Freeland, he, he did not, not ask so you much. if you celebrate it in Canada. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Freeland has a lot of Canadian Hold on, dial up. The, uh... can, can you lean back again, Freeland? Oh, can I lean back and show you what I'm wearing right here? And by the way, this is this is not gimmick well, infringement, Mike. I can apologize. We, can we figure this out? Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, trust me. Number. Hey, calm down. This, he's not that important. <laughs> it's the merch order because evidently you fuckers think that all I do is just try to hit people up for free shit. I never got now, a, Mike, what else Mike did you do? Did, didn't shirt. I put you over last week about that? You did. You really did. Because I love you and the rest of you guys. 
can go sit on your head. Also, oh, by the way, sit on my I'm trying to get that. cool points. I'm not trying to get brownie points. Uh, Freeland, mom said thanks. Oh, you know what? Give her a I big hug. I can take for me. that a lot of really wrong ways. Oh my! Goodness. My mom said thanks for the recognition that? on the podcast. Let me say, fuck. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, oh my god! I Don't mean, have I some got fun with the and all, but still, I admit it. Well, I tell no, you what, you. I had venison for supper though. So I mean, you tell your mother that I I appreciate that. I send my love to her as well, and I hope she's doing well. That's all you better send. How do you feel about that? Oh my God. Ritz the only guy I send dick pics to, but it's it's just because he sends them first. And I feel like I need to reciprocate. What? I mean, and that's just the way it goes. Yeah, the thing is between you and me, you can see mine. I can't see yours. Wow. You know like what? You know what? the problem. Boom. Oh, I think we had a tech glitch. Oh. oh. What happened? I don't know. Oh, that's let's bring him, let's, don't worry, let's bring him Oh, there back. he is. Oh, I came back. Hey, d- don't worry. If you miss me here, you can always see me. Yeah, if we miss mm. you here, we don't even know where you're at. Objects seem closer than they appear. You can always see me Thursday night at 8 p.m. at the Cult of Beardo, hosted by Big Daddy Beardo. The Rit, the Butt, and Groberg. Wow. I, get, I I eliminate one guy, and then the other co-host just fills right in there. I see how it works. But mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give you kudos. You're welcome. Thursday, there will be no three I mean, minutes the butt. United Empire Empire Wait a minute. I thought I, sent, I thought I sent everybody a happy Easter and well wishes uh, text message. On you, Twitter. You sent no me two. Whoa, 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 whoa. In one. a DM. Did you get a DM? Did you get a DM, but I got one. Okay, there we go. I answered it. I know. I'm just making sure that I didn't I forget anybody. Christmas Sunday in the woodshop. So <laughs> well, before we go, but you know what? Just to just to make up for this to let everybody know, if you are interested, uh, I have these beautiful, beautiful coasters here. I'm gonna hold these up for the camera to see. These were made by Mr. AOL Dial Up himself. Uh, here we got the FRM pod logo. We got that one right there. We got the cult of Beardo one right there. We've got extra crispy, extra crispy wings. Yes. Oh, oh, I've got the, uh, the, you are humble. You got a different one. I got, uh, the linen ripwreck. Just some butthead. Oh man. Got the drop by one that I screwed up. That's okay. It's irrelevant. I got something you know the that, great will, thing is? that will never come oh. back. Overbooked. We got the Sniffers <laughs> Row. Sniffers yeah. Row? Wow. I got that one. You know the great thing yeah. is that I can get these at a really good shipping rate because uh, we're in the same province, me and uh, Butt. I have to come to Newmarket. New when I go to Home Depot, pick up a new wood Shh, plant. K-Fabe, K-Fabe, K-Fabe. I'm, I'm in Toronto, remember? Yeah. <laughs> so... So let, no, let's you would admit let's, to being in Toronto, but not Newmarket. That's a bit fucked. Let's <laughs> kind of jump. Let's kind of jump into here right now. Let's get into our first topic. So uh, Triple H has most recently gone on record. He had a conversation with a podcast, and he was talking about how WWE actually makes the decision on who goes into the Hall of Fame. So before we get into Triple H's comments, we're going to kind of go around the horn. And I'm going to start off with Liam. Liam, what is your take 
um, on the WWE Hall of Fame. And in all seriousness, do you feel like they have chosen the right people or do you feel like at this point in time, who really cares? Um, you know, it's it's kind of a recognition thing, right? Um, they they kind of get a right and kind of get a wrong every year. Uh, Molly Holly, I don't get. Jushin Liger, wow, big time, big time. Definitely gets in. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. There's there's certain people that really deserve it, and then some that you're kind of looking at and going, eh, I don't know. Um, a lot of people also have the thought that it goes through just Vince and it's just his decision. Um, I don't think it's necessarily just his decision. I think there's a lot of people that influence him. Uh, Triple H as well. Uh, Triple H has his ear to the old school as well. Uh, he really paid attention to everything. So, I mean, he could influence that greatly, but uh, I don't think it's necessarily a, um, a badge of honor if you get in there. It's certainly great to be, you know, uh, looked at by your peers as a Hall of Famer and all that. And you can certainly use that um, as a great title. But uh, I don't know if necessarily everybody is on the same page as um, thinking it's, you know, the be all end all, especially since there isn't a physical Hall of Fame. And uh, that poses a bit of a problem. I think if they were really smart, they would make a physical Hall of Fame. It doesn't have to be big, just, you know, big enough, but um, something like they have in Waterloo, Iowa, where they have a Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame there. They could have a, a WWE Hall of Fame in, say, uh, I don't know, Stanford or somewhere around that area, or even in New York, and just make it, uh, you know, a physical Hall of Fame so everybody can actually see it and actually understand what's going on. Nice. Um Rit, let me get your take on this here. I know you're not a pro WWE guy necessarily, but do you feel like the Hall of Fame? Let's go back in time here. When do you feel like this might even be a better question? When did we jump the shark with the whole Hall of Fame situation? Do you feel like it was within the last five years that things have gotten a little off the rails, or do you think it even goes back further than that? I'd say the last five years, just because. Uh... Well, when you start putting people in twice, why? You know, if you would sit there and if you're putting the person in the Hall of Fame, you're putting them in the Hall of Fame for their career. Correct. I agree. The uh, whole body of work. Like, uh, okay, Joe Montana is going in the Hall of Fame. Okay, <laughs> five years from now, Joe Montana is going to go in the Hall of Fame again for the Kansas City Chiefs. No. Right. His whole career was was the first time around. The person goes in. Yes, you know the whole body of work, not just okay. We're gonna give Diesel in the Hall of Fame. Two more years, we'll go and put Kevin Nash in the Hall of Fame. Oh wait, three more years after that, the NWO goes in the Hall of Fame just because he was part of it. No, Oz, then Vinny Vegas, the whole thing. You know. You sit there and you're putting the person in and then you're putting all these factions in that they were a part of and make them go in two or three times. That waters it down. No, now, I agree with you completely. Now, uh, the follow, you know, what Russo Jr. says, you you got to have a physical building, you know, to put everything in. 
you gotta, you, you gotta, if you put a building up, you know, statue, like those statues they do of like Andre Warrior, those would be phenomenal there. You what, know? what do they? That's a good question. What do they do with those? Like those big? Are they just like chocolate? They're at the filled? warehouse. They, yeah, they're in a warehouse somewhere in Stanford, yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. So somebody just creates this big giant statue for a hot second for it to be on the TV. They pull the the rug there, whatever the hell it is, the um, I don't know, blanket down. You take a few pictures and then that's it. Just throw it in the storage. If you got enough money to, yeah. Wow. Ben, do you think that that if Vince was smart to put all this stuff on display, you know, he could make money off of that. All the yeah. stuff in the warehouse just put on display. Buy, you know, build a building and you know <laughs> it's needed. It's needed. It's, it's it seems like uh it seems like Mike Cook has something to say about this. Evidently a bronze dip may uh involved in this whole thing. This I was fucking long. I was saying that. And that big around. Let, oh, hold it. Hold it. Before you, Mike, Mike, before you say anything, hold that thought for one he was second. Canadian or something. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm going to even go into this. However, let me. His, his camera's either froze or he's either stroked out because this is such a shit show already. Um, I stroked out. You said, hold on Every one time. second. There he is. You said, hold Andre on. So I just said, Andre the Giant's gimmick. All right. Here's what we're going to say. Here's what we're going to say. Gimmick? What's the over under on 10 inches? The over under. Dude's like seven over? foot tall, 450 pounds. He's, okay. he's like have another forearm. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So we're saying over 10. Rick, what do you got? What do you got on his gimmick? Are you saying, are you saying a solid 12? ECW fan says over. So we're over. We're over twelve. Oh, yeah. So we're over ten. We're over twelve. Okay. He's like a yeah. tripod. <laughs> <laughs> what are we saying tripod? here? I mean, I uh, yeah. I was gonna say, how does that actually work out? He's got like. I'm saying there's crying when he leaves. <laughs> I'm I'm not even sure they're conscious or alive at that point. I mean, that's just. Well, is Bill Cosby stopping by? Oh, uh, my God. God damn it. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm another one. That's a different kind of pudding pop there. Somebody better call oh, Rudy. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. It's been good talking to you. We're getting canceled. Have oh, a good God. night. So, so let me – okay, so let me ask you this, Mike. It is – the WWE Hall of Fame, I know you are much more of an aficionado of wrestling itself, and I think you probably would look at that in all seriousness and be like, yeah, no thanks. Um, do you look at it as even something you would remotely consider to be a prestigious thing, or do you think, no, this is a complete money grab, and that's really all this is? Okay, so three things, all right, first... We need to have an FRM Hall of Fame so I can get me a bronze statue of myself with a detachable penis on it. Um, yes, number one. That's number one. Number, shit, the number one. I have to disagree with the Molly Holly statement because I get it. They're recognizing what she did in WWF and WWE. But mind you, this woman was in 
EC, not ECW, WCW. She was in Glow. She was in Ladies Professional Wrestling Association. She is pretty much the same generation as women like Reggie Bennett, Terry Power, who later on became Tori, yeah. uh, Sherry Martell. So for people to say she's not deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, I have to disagree. But mind you, people only know what she knows, what she's done in WWF. Whereas someone like me is not everyone. Um, which brings me to number three. Um, the Hall of Fame, it is what it is. It's it's a way for people to get, you know, hyped up for WrestleMania and, you know, ratings and blah, blah, blah. And to me, my personal opinion, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I feel like they handpick based on who they want to, because let's be honest, there's a lot of people right now in the Hall of Fame that should be in there that aren't in there, politics or no politics, there's people that should be in the Hall of Fame that's not in it for no apparent reason whatsoever, you know? Right. So I think it's basically who they want to put in based on who not just grab the brass ring, but kiss the golden ass, in my opinion. No, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and kind of getting back to what I said before, uh, Triple H appeared on Pardon My Take. It was a uh, a show yesterday discussing WrestleMania 37, and a couple different things came up. Um, but the main one came up with, you know, how does WWE ultimately make the decision of who goes in the Hall of Fame? Triple H said, and I quote, there's a lot of people who put suggestions in within the company. Um, those people across the board are putting a lot in and are deserving of it. It gets narrowed down from many different departments until the base of the people gets down to a small amount. And then Vince makes the final call on who is to be in. Vince looks at the Hall of Fame as a moment of entertainment as well. It's not just about who's going in at that moment. It's part of a show. So I think that that last comment there, that Vince looks at it as it's entertainment, it's part of the show. So that I think is pretty indicative of where he's coming from when it comes to the Hall of Fame itself. And if you remember, um, the Cauliflower Alley Club has a very prestigious Hall of Fame as well. And I feel like that in itself has much more credence than the WWE one. It's yeah. funny because so many people used to, uh, used to you know, knock on Coco Beware for being in the Hall of Fame. If you've really known Coco Beware's career and know where he has gone and where he has been, Coco is way more deserving to be in there than someone like the great Kali. I understand. I've seen some of great Kali stuff in Japan. I, I understand that. I know he worked in mm. India as well. I just do not look at him and he's an attraction, but I don't see his body of work being something to hold up to being something that people are going to want to watch his matches again. I just don't see it. Can I, can I say something here? I think it's all relative. Uh, there could be um, fans that found Great Kali to be really inspirational. Um, Who the fuck really... found him inspirational? He's a shit. I, found, I don't I know. Not more hold on, hold on, Kali. Hold on. Let him finish. Let 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 <laughs> Vince finish. Vince, tell me exactly why you think the Great Kali was was an inspiration. Okay, fucking Fury Um. Anyways, uh, what I think <laughs> is that 
uh, it just depends on who the person is that's the fan, okay? If you're, say, an Indian fan and you see Greg Kali, you think, wow, that's that someone word. I could be, you know? And that's someone that uh, I could uh, try to, Relate to be at some point. Right. <clears throat> and But, you know, it, it really depends. Like with Coco Beware, he had a great... Um, he had a great uh, career in Memphis and before he even came to, to WWF. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could, you could look at anybody, you could look at like say junkyard dog. He had a huge career in mid South before he ever came to WWF. You have to look at those little variables. You have to look at those variables and realize that some people were well-known before in certain areas before they came to, you know, quote unquote, the big time. Um, but I look at people like, you know, um, like Tommy Dreamer for myself. He's on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, he always will be. I know some people look at me yeah. and go like, he's on your Mount Rushmore. That's a little weird. But uh, look at what he accomplished with ECW, uh, helping run that and just really making his name known uh, throughout wrestling, just professional wrestling in general. And just for being, uh, you know, straight ahead. um you know, hardcore, um, really getting his ass out there. He was he was just a great performer. And someone like that, I'm thinking, you know, like that's a lock, but he's not in there. It's all relative. It all depends on what you like. No, I mean, I agree with you. And I, I get the point you're making. You know, we all kind of make a ha-ha about it. But I feel like from a perspective of, and I'm starting to realize this more now, and it's important that we become more consciously aware of the way we portray people and stereotypes when it comes to their character. And I think as far as the the Middle Eastern and the Indian character um, is not really portrayed the best. And it, and it hasn't been until um, Mustafa Ali, I think, really has taken that and, and kind of ran with it and been more of a prestigious and respected character from that perspective uh mike jump in here with this one the whole davari thing and when they would play that music and then i i feel like it was just it was playing on a very bad stereotype and i feel like just because the way society was at the time doesn't necessarily mean we need to get heat on these guys for what's happening in the world do you agree um, I agree. Um, but I also get it as well, too. But it's also how you play the stereotype card. Just hear me out. You watch MLW. Yeah. You see where Davari's at now. Right. He's part of the group Contra, which is like this terrorist faction of mercenaries. But you can't really stereotype the group because... You got, you got a Middle Eastern, you got a Samoan, you got a Thai member, you got a white dude, you know. So it, it, it's all about the presentation of the gimmick if you're going to do it. Like Davari, anything that they gave him, he took it and run with it. And right now he's in the best shape of his life. So the only thing stereotypical about him now is just him using the name Navari, because that's his actual last name. He's right. not really using anything stereotypical at this point, especially, like I said, with the Contra unit uh, gimmick. If anything, most people aren't even paying attention to the stereotype because they're paying attention to see if he would pass the wellness policy. 
for Christ's sake. You know? <laughs> well, serious. I mean, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, just, I think about these things and I wonder if from a business perspective that one reason why NBC may decide to edit some of the things out of Peacock was because they don't believe that those values are in line with the way people should be portrayed. And I, I, in some ways I know it's entertainment. I get it. But what I am saying is maybe from a perspective of, we don't want to put down any certain type of, you know, race, creed, whatnot. Here's the thing though. They say that, but at the same time, look what else is on Peacock. You know, you got the, the Real Husbands of Hollywood, you got, you know, all these other shows portraying stereotypes and, you know, you got The Office on there. Now, don't get me wrong. I like The Office, but had it not been for the pandemic and trying to binge watch something, I honestly thought The Office was a show about boring white people. No offense. It is. But. Wait, is, taking, is that this show? Oh, this Our show this is an office, and this not boring. You should see me fly off the handle. I know, but I'm just saying. But it gives that stereotypical like. Think about yeah. it. The office, all white people. You got the one black coworker, and what is he? He's grumpy and angry all the time. The stereotype right. that they use on black males, you know. So no one says anything about that, but yet the WWE network is being heavily edited. It goes back to what I said last week. What does everybody want? Head. Vince wanted that paycheck. So what did he got? Cock. So, you know, it goes right back to it. And even though, yeah, last week it was taken out of comedy, but it's true. No, there's a lot of truth to it. I I would agree with you on that. You know? There's a lot. One thing. Go ahead. One thing I keep coming back to is, I mean, if if you don't look at necessarily Davari, I think that, and I don't know, maybe I'm just being too picky or whatnot. I felt like the whole crime time thing was. Yeah, crime time was a little. You could have portrayed those athletes in a different way. And I feel like, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I don't agree with it, but you know what? That's that's like, that's like Luke Gallows when he was Festus and. They gave just him to play. the stereotype of him being a, a, a hillbilly retard, you know? <laughs> or uh Okay, just to play right devil's back. advocate here for a minute. Yes. Well, okay, Ryback right is just a big no, no, no. cast of juice skip, skip Sheffield, the corn-fed meathead. Yep, 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 what it do, y'all? Come on now. Oh, I mean, what... Ah, shit. This is going down a dark road. That's okay. Let's go. Is, is it okay if you if you took Tracy Smothers? Yeah. Yes. Love him. Don't get me wrong. Confederate flag, you know, country boy, redneck, country bumpkin, whatever you want to call him. That was his shtick. I mean, he was fantastic. Ain't nobody going to argue that. And if you argue it, you're wrong. In the discussion, could you get away with that today? No, just just like crime time, not yeah. right. It absolutely not today. Now, when crime time was happening, I don't know if it's necessarily the right thing, the wrong thing. But we're portraying as tough guy, 
thug gangbangers. Not right. I'm not a terrible person, just for the record. No, I get you. I get what you're saying. Shit is different now. It's a lot of stuff we did then you can't do today. Right. And in 20 years' time, a lot of shit we're doing today is wrong. Right. It's just a, a progressive thing we've had forever. If you look at it, most every 15, 20 years, hey, that guy was a legend. Look at what he did. Right. Or whatever it would be. And now it's like, ooh, that was kind of racy, edgy, whatever you want to call it. It it just rolls over and over and over. I don't see if that was necessarily wrong because at that time wasn't an issue. Today, looking back at it, is an issue. Right. Yeah, there's there's different things, in my opinion. Feel free to tell me I'm a terrible person. I'm okay with that. I have a glass full of wine. No, I I wouldn't say you're a terrible person because even growing up, you know, watching WCW when they were called the wild-eyed Southern boys and then, you know, I guess they had to nix that gimmick and they were called the Young Pistols. And then, you know, I remember seeing Bubba Ray Dudley in ECW and early WWF. He's wearing a Confederate flag for a bandana, you know, and then, you know, we can go as far as Confederate currency Chris Hamrick where his his outfit was basically his name, but it went out in the stars and bars. And we can go as far back as 30 years ago with, you know, the fabulous Freebirds. You know, they came out with the stars and bars. And, you know, even as a storyline that they did against, you know, the Road Warriors, they came out with their own face paint of the stars and bars. And, you know, I, I get it. And a lot of people, they always say, well, a black person shouldn't agree with this. I'm a wrestling fan. It didn't bother me as much. Um, I remember even one time I had to retake a photo because it was a photo of me holding the uh, Mid-Atlantic heavyweight title at like a fan fest because a lot of people were like, a man shouldn't wear something that got the Confederate flag on it because at the time it showed the state of Georgia. And of course, you know, the Georgia flag, part of it had the Confederate flag on it. So I had to redo the photo all over again because people were butthurt about it, where me being a wrestling fan, I didn't care because I'm holding a piece of history on right. my shoulder. I don't give a damn about what the flag represents. You know, I'm a wrestling fan. I wanted that piece of history on my shoulder. So stuff like that never really bothered me. You know, okay, no. stuff like that never really bothered me. Can I throw this out, please? And and forgive me. This is a wrestling podcast full of bullshit, nonsense, and fucking foolishness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's not have this... I don't want to say a political thing. It's a touchy subject that could upset people, offend people. Everything these fucking days offends some goddamn person for some fucking reason. We're we're towing a line that could make somebody's 
uterus get inflamed, which I probably just <laughs> did now. And I'm sure I have more in me to offend the, the, somebody uh, or everybody. The, the uterus. Yeah. See, that, <laughs> that's when your vagina gets inflamed. Oh, boy. Usually be through syphilis, gonorrhea, or because you're a whore. Wow. Because you're a whore. And we can't say that because that's bad. Right. Wow, since we've just gone down the gamut of different STDs, I think we've uh, pretty much... That's a perfect segue. I'd like to ask the Ministry of Darkness right now, who's hanging out in the garage. That's really cool. Yeah, look at him. Talking about the whole sexual stuff, since since Butt brought it up, uh, Edge was Why are you bringing me into it? Jeez. Hey, I I have to. You're the one who looks like he's ready for Halloween. Um, I am. He was asked if he thinks that NBC will edit out the sex celebration that happened with he and Lita on Monday Night Raw. Now, I'm not a, a, a brain surgeon or however that phrase goes, but I definitely think that that's going to hit the cutting room floor. That is not going to get passed and is not going to be seen on the network. So, no. um, yes, I think, like Butt said, some things were acceptable in their time. Looking back at them, do they age well? Some things are okay. Some things are absolutely not okay. And that's just what we have to do. We have to accept things. We don't have to like them, but we have to learn from them and move on. Speaking of moving on, we have ourselves another topic. Iron Mike Tyson is going to be on AEW now. I tell you what, is this... Rit, is this just another case of, you know what, let's go ahead and parade another former celebrity out that WWE once had? Um, or do you think that there is something legitimate that can be done with Iron Mike? What's your take on this? Well, there's two sides of the coin. One is they had better have a good plan for him, for him to be there. Because right. if you're just going to have him there you know, waving, you know, kissing babies, shaking hands. They're going to just change the channel. Right. But if there is something in the mix, you know, maybe a possible special guest referee, I'm calling it right now, Mike Tyson will be the special guest referee on a five-on-five pinnacle versus inner circle match. Because Mike Tyson will be the only band that can be the special enforcer. Let, let me ask you this. Let me let me go over to uh, the ministry. Um, let me ask you, buddy. <laughs> do you think that there's any chance, because there was some rumor and speculation, that's my phrase, rumor and speculation, that a Chris Jericho versus Mike Tyson match would be kicked around. Am I the only one that says that's absolutely not a good idea at this stage of his life? No. It's not a good idea. I want to see Tyson versus MJF. I want to see Tyson fucking retire and be done with it. I well, mean, hold on a second. Like, come on. Well, hold on. Mike, let, let's jump in here. Do you think, despite who the opponent may be, do you think Mike is, is he has the abilities to keep an audience's attention with him actually performing. So, my opinion, Mike Tyson should not be doing a match. Okay. Um, 
I think he should do an appearance. He should do a cameo. If anything, they should just have him as a segment where, like, like I said, close to the end of the show, MJF is fucking with him the whole time. And then uh, Mike Tyson just knocks him the fuck out. That's all. I'm cool with just that. Sometimes bringing in a former celebrity, sometimes less is more. You don't need them to do this and that. You know, prime example, um, Schwarzenegger on SmackDown. Yeah, yes. they presented him with an old version of the Big Blue, uh, Big Eagle, and he did commentary. Then right at the end, Triple H kept messing with him to where what happened, he ended up getting beat up afterwards. That was enough right there. That's right. all we needed. And I think they can do the same thing with Tyson. I do like the idea of having him as an enforcer of the Pinnacle versus um, Inner Circle match. But to me, that's too early. If they need to, if it was me booking this storyline, a storyline like this can last up to six months if done right. They're already jumping the gun of doing a final resolution match of a five on five. Like, let it build up, you know. And then when they do something like that, then yes, bring in like Mike Tyson, you know, have him be the enforcer. And then, you know, once shit hits the fan at the end, MJF has a fit, he fucks with Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson go pow, crowd pops over it, easy. Bing, bang, boom. Less is more sometimes. No, That's all I agree. One-on-one. I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. I, I'm just, I don't know. I've never been a fan of bringing in guys to do something that they've already done before. I don't know. Maybe I feel, may, I don't know. Maybe I'm just the cynic here. I feel like it's, it's recycling and I don't necessarily like that. Um, well, not, well, not everybody can be Leon Spinks, Freeland, you know. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Or Leon Buster Spinks, Douglas. Only, only boxer. To win a championship belt in pro wrestling, come on now, give Leon his credit. But when it when it comes to stuff like this, I mean, I I hope for the best, but I'm not going to be holding my breath. I don't necessarily think this is going to be necessarily the the ratings grabber, especially with what WWE has going on for the rest of this week. I think with their takeover going to be a two night thing. Obviously, tonight's going to be the Hall of Fame, and um, I don't know. I don't know, maybe maybe at some point in time, way, way long ago, I might have gotten excited. Unfortunately, just not not there right now. All right, moving on. Seth Rollins recently said that Steve Austin was a bigger, was bigger than the rock. Can't even read my own graphics. Bigger than the rock in the WWF. We're gonna go to my bearded friend who has turtles. Yeah, that's you. That's you, man. What do you think about the comments of Seth Rollins? Do you agree with him? Do you disagree with him? And what's your stance? That's Steve Austin and The Rock are like Raven and Tommy Dreamer and ECW are like Batman and The Joker. You could not have one in the 90s without one of the others. And uh -oh. something's happening. Something's happening. The Canadian man. Well, I, I have no idea. I don't know if this is the other one. difficulties. 
Is that his brown eye that's showing on the screen? Yes. Yes. I have no idea what's happening here, but we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and and uh, and pause him here for a hot second. We'll bring him back in once either he uh, sobers up or gets his dial up to work. But oh, so, you, so so you're basically saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, uh, really can't make a decision on that one. It's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Am I correct? And exactly, because Steve Austin and The Rock, both in their prime in the Attitude Era, both in the pinnacle as you should say that they were two of the biggest draws and like steve and the rock main evented three different wrestlemanias in yes. my opinion against each other and man the they, they both drew a lot of money a lot of money together and a lot of money for Vince. Mm-hmm. And I'm 50-50, right down the middle. Here we go. Hold on a second. Oh. Damn, fucking heel, Freeland. God damn it, mother. God damn. Fuck that. God damn it. It's Mikey. There he is. Mikey. Oh. I don't even He's know what gone. that was. He's I don't even know what that was. He's in Freeland on a one-night stand. Don't worry, I got a screenshot of it. <laughs> hey, 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 you don't know. I, I'm i good for at least one commercial break. One commercial break I'm good for. Well, now, oh, what commercial break are we talking about? Uh, the, the let, let the No, I, that is way too long. Mike, uh, what? You realize that song's like four and a half minutes? There's no way. I'm a two and a half. Hey, I'm a Chuck Woolery, two and two. Okay, hey, showing my I age like here. I that song every time. I, two, I sing two. it every time it plays. So I get your take on that. Mike, let me ask you this. Okay. Be honest with me. Who was bigger? Who meant more? Was it Steve Austin or was it The Rock? Oh, man. See, now you're putting me in a hard position. That's right. I'm I'm gonna have to go with um fuck man um because it's one of those situations uh, you can't have one without the other. I'm gonna have to go with Austin. Now hear me out. Austin overall was the bigger star in WWE, and just like Travis mentioned, Rock is a bigger out of WWE as a star, but in terms of longevity since day one i gotta go with austin austin was in the main event picture way before rock was you know rock had his shining star right when austin was pretty much injured had it not been for his neck injury would rock be in that top position i don't think so because you know i as much as rock and austin was a great rival i think triple h and rock was a lot better i agree because because they always they had a longer rival than austin and rock like austin and rocks was more you know nine late 97 let's just say 98 98 to what 2001 whereas rock and triple h 96 to like what oh two two yeah, O2, I'd say. O2, yeah. 
it's true. And then, you know, of course, the spots that they have on top of that afterwards. So, you know, to me, as much as WrestleMania 17 was probably the best Rock and Austin match, I still think Rock versus uh, Triple H at Backlash 2000 was a lot better. That's just my opinion. No, no, I can't really disagree with either one of those. Uh, but you're back. Uh, you're back here, and I'm not really sure what's flashing. Uh, what, what's going on at your house right now? What's all that flashing, the strobe going on here? Well, the wife's got the TV on, even though she went to bed, but she left the TV on. <laughs> well, you're sleeping well, on the couch. I was going to say, man. Not the first time. Only oh, difference God. is I won't pass out on the couch tonight. I'll so, the couch on my own. So, the, the second point I like to, to throw out. <laughs> yes. He didn't even have a first one. We're going okay, right Welcome to, the to FRM Pod with the butt. Yes. First off, Mike Fre- or uh, Mike Unit, you're way too fucking smart to be on here. Okay. True. Unless, this, is, this is true. I feel like a fucking dumbass. I'm just throwing that out there. Very articulate. You know your shit. And then there's me. I curse. I swear. I drink. I don't know shit from tar. You check out my traps. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Brother, you ain't a hell of a lot better than what I am, but that's okay. But anyway, you're way smarter than me. Kudos to you. Bottoms up. Pinkies out. That's right. That's what I like to hear. So at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to say, but I would have to agree. I feel like Steve did more for the company than the rock did now the rock has done more outside of the company um but yeah i would have to go with steve austin he was already an established name prior to coming to the wwe he had a track record of his work and he didn't get over in wcw not because he wasn't good because the hollywood blondes were really good i think they just really mismanaged them something just god awful um that's my take on that one now as far as everybody else's take throw your comments into the chat love to hear what you guys have to say um definitely let us know we are moving on to our next topic this is going to be one that i think is going to be something that's going to be right up uh mike mike units area oh what happened to my japanese wrestling what happened to my uh oh my god all right i'm gonna start the topic here's the topic will osprey wins the iwgp world heavyweight title at new japan uh if i'm gonna pronounce this correctly sakura genesis am i saying that right mike sakura sakura genesis sakura genesis yeah basically what it's it's the month of april the reason why they did a sakura genesis pay-per-view because this is also during the time frame of Japan celebrating the uh, Sakura uh, Matsuri or the uh, Sakura Festival, which is pretty much still going on in D.C. because Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. area, there is cherry blossoms everywhere. Like, you I'm cannot pass by without seeing cherry you know blossoms. This. Huh? <laughs> well, this is so, what, how, do you, how do you know this stuff? Soして Nihango Wakarimasen Yeah, twice. Exactly. What the fuck you're saying? 
I said because I understand Japanese customs. Arigato. Ah, doitamashite. Mr. Miyagi. Wax on, wax off, orgasm. And so, different um, conversation. So, Will, Will Ospreay, let me ask you this, Mike. He's the new IWGP heavyweight champion. Do you think that's a good idea putting the belt on him? Is it not? What's your take on that? So, all right, here, here, here's me going a 360 analysis on it. All right, here we go. So, right now, with everything that's going on, it's like watching history repeat itself. Okay. Will Osprey is basically playing the role of Okada 2.0. Just like Okada took over the Chaos Faction, Will Osprey broke out and formed the United Empire. And he pretty much grabbed everyone that was underutilized, just like Okada did with Chaos, bringing in Hiroki Goto and all that. So it's very similar. Um, and plus, you know, Osprey going from, you know, 190 before the pandemic to 225, 230, I think, you know, he still haven't lost his speed. But do that. the match, it was okay, but it wasn't what I expected because I thought their match at Wrestle Kingdom a few years ago for the never open weight title that was the opening match was a whole lot better. Um but that's just my opinion. Um, in terms of like the whole outcome and saying, you know, God is dead and all that, you know, the crowd reacted from it. And uh, the only downfall about it, I didn't like. Yes, this was Ibushi's uh, failed first attempt. I saw that coming. But the fact that the next challenger is basically this is going to be the deciding uh this is the rubber match between um osprey and uh, shingo takagi because originally osprey wanted to challenge okada to avenge his rematch from losing at wrestle kingdom this past year instead before okada was about to answer shingo came out out of surprise and took the mic away from okada and he made the first challenge. Right now, Shingo is two and two with Osprey. Osprey beat Shingo at best of the Super Juniors finals. He beat him in the New Japan Cup finals. Shingo beat him in the G1, and he beat him in a never uh, title defense. So this is the rubber match. Sadly, I have a feeling Shingo's going to lose this one again. But... It's still a monumental type of monumental type of deal because this IWGP World Heavyweight title symbolizes basically the new standard. Because right now, by how it seems, it's about to cater that generation of the Ibushis, the Will Ospreys, the Shingo Takagis, the you know, I don't see it really catering towards the era of guys like Okada, despite Okada being only 33. Um which is crazy to say by everything he's accomplished and he hasn't even hit mid thirties yet. That says a lot. You know, the guy's already uh, an 18 year pro almost because he started at 15. So the winner of that match in May 
New Japan, for the first time in many years, they're doing a second Tokyo Dome show. The winner of Takagi versus Osprey goes against Okada. So I got a feeling we're going to see Osprey versus Okada, and I think Osprey's going to get his payback for losing at the uh, Tokyo Dome because a lot of people during that time didn't take the United Empire seriously. I'll admit it, I was one of them. I didn't take it seriously. I thought it was just going to fail. But so far, he's he's got Jeff Cobb. He's got Great Ocon. They got rid of B. Priestley. And they recently got the newest member, the, the now Henry, uh, no, Aaron Hinare, because he was Toa Hinare. He left the New Japan Sekigun just to join the United Empire. Changed his whole look. He got rid of the man bun. You know, he, you know, shaved his beard. And it's, it's weird, but I even like his new finisher, The Streets of Rage, which made me thought it was a, um, it kind of made me thought it was a, a way to pick with uh, Takagi because his new finisher was Shingo's original rookie finisher in Dragon Gate, which was basically like, it's basically like the starting to doing the last of the dragon, but he ends it like a Death Valley bomb. Oh, that wow. was Shingo's original finisher called the Legend Falconry in Dragon Gate. So it's interesting the whole Will Osprey situation. He's finally being taken serious as a world heavyweight champion. Um, and he, he pretty much done everything he needed to do. Unfortunately, after the defense in May. Uh, what's the next show? Invasion Attack? I think Invasion Attack is right before G1. I don't see Osprey going into the G1 as a world champion. For some reason, I don't see it happening. By the way, what did you guys think about the actual belt? Like, how it looks? Nope. Nope. No good. Me neither. Not a fan <laughs> whatsoever of that belt. That's Me neither. It. No. Some, some people called it the Divas title. Some people <laughs> called it the... the I called it the Megazord Transformers belt. Plus, even though they mentioned the whole backstory around it, I'm going to give you all a little Easter egg on something I paid attention to that most fans didn't. So the supposed wings on the belt that's on the world part that's supposed to represent the third generation belt, pay attention to the wings next time, all right? Now go find an old picture of Kota Ibushi's old ring attire. The Phoenix. Look at that and then look at the wings on the belt. Food for thought. No, no, it's very good. I'm gonna have to take a look at that again. I haven't it's, it's I haven't based, looked at it recently, but that's probably gonna be pretty eye-opening. It has to be based off of the same logo. I don't care what anybody say. Everyone else is like, no, I don't see. look at his old logo. Even Kenny Omega used to wear it on his tights because they were a couple. Yeah. Okay, so you can't slate Kenny Omega because Freeland won't get it up for at least a week if you say something bad about Kenny Omega. He's yeah, hit it first. Okay, that's, that's first. Second, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> about what you're saying. Japanese wrestling, <laughs> no offense, it's fantastic. I'm out of the loop. I wish I was in the loop. I'm not. 
Has so, anybody tell you that they that you remind them of El Fantasmo? Who? El Fantasmo is a Canadian yeah. wrestler. Uh, no. If you who watch Netflix, that? you paid attention to El Fantasmo. No. So I think Bud would be a Bud would be a good manager. Maybe that's so, just oh yeah. El Fantasmo is not only a wrestler from New Japan, Extreme Canadian Championship Wrestling in Canada. But a lot of the logos that y'all seen on the Netflix shows, he's done them. Oh wow! A lot of people didn't know that. That's that was his side hustle during the pandemic when he wasn't wrestling. And that's what makes my cook smarter than me. Hey, look at like this. I I know wine. I know whiskey. I know a little bit about wrestling. And then there's. The mic unit it makes me look like a fucking dumbass. <laughs> Bottoms up, pinkies out. Hell yeah! But hey, tell you what, why not? Um, I don't have this up here on my topic of things, but I do want to bring this up here. I think this is kind of interesting, and, and maybe uh, whoever wants to jump in first can mention this. There's a big main event that's planned for the 500th episode of Ring of Honor. TV and it's going to be really interesting. So, you're going to be having it's going to be happening on Thursday, April the 15th at 8 p.m. Uh, that is when it's going to air. Jay and Mark Briscoe are going to be facing off with one another. I think that's going to be very interesting as well. And then you're going to have Jay Lethal, who's going to be going for the um, pure championship against Jonathan Gresham. I think those are going to be two great matches. First of all, the Briscoes. We don't talk about them a whole lot. I know we don't talk about Ring of Honor as much as we probably should. What is your take? Uh, I'm going to start off with the Rit. Um, what's your take on the Briscoes? What's your thoughts on them as a tag team? And do you feel like they would probably be better suited if they moved on to another company? Uh, well, first off, as a tag team, they're probably the greatest tag team in Ring of Honor history. Uh, and they even make uh, they got they got those boots they can sit there and fill, but they they also make they also make great opponents for one another. So there you have you have both sides right there. Have they fought against each other yet? Like before? Yeah, best in the world a few years ago when uh, Jay Briscoe was world champion, they went at it. Okay. and, and it was a it was a phenomenal match. So okay, good. for, for that the main event, the five hundredth was it five hundredth episode? Mm-hmm. Uh Ring of Honor TV, yeah. 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 Well, that, I, I don't know if it's gonna be them or if it's gonna be a good friend of the show, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. I might put that on last. However, it's gonna be kind of hard because obviously I think Jay and Mark are both really great. Um so it's it's kind of a toss up which one they'll go on last. Yeah, but overall, it's they're great. I, I I love them as a tag team. They are they've had great matches as a tag team. What was it? Ladder Wars that they were in. Were they in the first Ladder Wars? Mm-hmm. I so, think so. You know, that's they're, they're. I don't think they if they would move, WWE would pick them up. Impact would pick them up. You know, even AEW, I don't think they would they would be do this you know as well as they are in Ring of Honor. 
you know, I like that they stayed there in their roots for as long as they have, and I hope they continue to stay there because I just don't think that no one else gets them as Ring of Honor does. I mean, I I, I agree with you. I think maybe 10 years ago, if they would have ventured out somewhere, they would have been okay. I mean, they were over in New Japan when they were IWGP tag champs. Uh, pro wrestling, Noah loved the shit out of them, especially when they came out to the uh, with the uh, stars and bars on their uh, tights because you can hear the commentary mentioned about the Freebirds. I mean, uh, I, I think wherever they want to go, they'll do fine then. Because now they're at that point in their career, no matter where they go, they got recognition. Everyone knows who they are. WWE mm -hmm. knows who they are. But in terms of when they talk on the mic, we know they're not going to be on WWE because Peacock is not going to play that, especially someone like, you know, Jay Briscoe. Like, if I was blind, I would have thought Jay Briscoe was a crazy black dude. And uh, <laughs> he talks. I say that. I met the whole family at a Ring of Honor show after the show was over. I got a photo with, with the Briscoe's dad. And they're wild fucking people. They wild. Like, and I'm not saying wild as in like crazy, but they just wild like they fun loving, no filter, got no shame, you know. Got and even that was like, hey, get your ass over here, get me another beer. I'm mm. like, they didn't pay for concessions, they brought their own shit. They literally at the UNBC arena. They bought out a section of the arena for their whole fucking family. All of their kids, all of them were there. Every Ring of Honor pay-per-view they do in Baltimore, there's always a section where the whole family's there. Kids, grandkids, all that. Cousins. Like, they even got the banners out there. Sandy, whatever they call Sandy Ford versus everyone, wherever they from. Yeah, uh, uh, I was just, uh, uh, I was just saying, if the Briscoes would go to WWE, just look, look what they did to uh, War Machine. You know, they they changed them, turned them, you know, turned them down. Impact Wrestling did the same thing with the uh, the American Wolves. You know, they had a great thing going. They went there and you know, toned them down. And uh, you gotta blame Davey Richards for that. Not TNA. I mean, no offense. We all look, we all knew it was gonna be a matter of time before they were gonna split because Davey Richards either liked to do his own thing during right. even ways in the tag team, or he likes to eventually, you know, he likes to take them long sabbaticals from wrestling for some random reason, you know. Um was he the one who caught the bat in the face? No, yeah, that was Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards, I'm sorry. Davey Richards was the one that tried to wrestle like Benoit and Dynamite Kid. Okay. Um, and don't get me wrong. I miss watching Davey Richards in the ring. But for some reason, no matter where he goes, he can never stay in a promotion long enough. I think he's retired now, if anything. Yeah. Isn't he? Two he's, things. Well, he's you supposed to be the dynamite kid or or uh, Chris Benoit. 
Okay, Freeland, don't start. He you need to be on a certain level. I can turn this really dark if you want me to, but I'm <laughs> trying to be Richards. nice. So, your nipples. Davy Richards is supposed to be at the same wrestling convention that Mikey is um, advertised in Maryland in uh, next month. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. The tickets are sold out. I'm like, damn, y'all couldn't wait till I got paid first so I can buy a ticket? Yeah, like they sold out quick because it's only limited tickets. Right. Uh, you know, Ron Simmons going to be there. Kevin Nash, Mikey's going to be there. Davey Richards is going to be there because I got a feeling if he's coming back for that, I think he's going to come back as a wrestler. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be long term. Again, Mike, how far are you away from the event itself? It's on the upper area of of Maryland. It's not in Baltimore. Is like an hour away from where I live. This uh, event's in the upper part of Maryland, and like I said, it's already sold out because I was going to get a ticket so I can see Mikey, but the tickets are sold out. Uh, I'm like two hours away from it. <laughs> I'm like far as fuck. Like, yeah, but's actually over. farther than I am right now. So. That's because no, you're I'm not. Fuck you. Fuck you too. I think you are. But then again, it takes me. It would take me seven hours to, to, to drive to the Toronto area. Um, so that tells you right there. And if you're in the Toronto area, that's how close you are to me. But that's uh, me. There's no point in going to Toronto. It's a shithole. Don't worry about it. That's because it's all right. It's all right. Closed. Hey, hey. It's, I sit there and heard there's some great strip clubs in Toronto. Oh yeah, there's I heard a few. Too. Oh no. Look at that. Okay, yeah, if you're going to strip clubs, okay, let's go this. Let's go. Oh, boy. Snippers oh, Row is the only way to go. It's true. Let's go, bud. Let's hear it. Yeah, this is, I got to hear. Okay. First off, somebody muted me. <laughs> <laughs> there's, only, there's only two people that can do that. I can, play, I can, do I can play this game too. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Okay, so you go to Montreal first off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Montreal. Yeah. For Toronto is a shithole. Yeah, it's okay. terrible here. Yeah. Who's the asshole yeah. with the mute button? I think it's Mikey. He's like a, Mikey probably guy. did it. Who, Mikey, if we can get you in here, you know, you can Toronto dictate is, on the screen. If Mike you unit listen to town, no, Toronto is nice. Don't. Uh, as Thanks for putting me on, Mikey Whipwreck. Toronto is not an atrocious city. It's different. It's different, no all right. Montreal. No. Montreal is nice. Quebec never been there. Nice. I, I, I can't help but think that. So much. Hold on. You're naming a bunch of places we don't know. Why do you look like the Unabomber right now? Why do you look me? so shady right now? Take that freaking hood off. Who? I'm telling you right now. You, you? It's just, it, it looks red. It, it's creepy. Red's got it's something kinda, on his head. I don't know what's going on. Now he's, he's got, got an FRM hat. Mike's if got you a, live Mike's got a north tank of top. Montreal, you think I'll blow What, did you want me to take the tank off? off? Oh, no. that's even better. When's that the big there. reveal? Happy? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. There you go. You look, okay. you look like Tommy Dreamer almost. Thanks a fucking bunch. <laughs> hey, that's a hey if I can sleep with Beulah every night, I'm happy. Hell yeah. And have an affair with Francine at one point. Oh, okay. 
Okay, this Mike, didn't you say she was thick like pancake batter? Was that what you said? <laughs> and another thing, I heard the segment when I accidentally disconnected. Not interested in Jasmine St. Clair. I'm yeah, me either. In Francine. No, but I was saying, hold on. I was saying I was trying to get Jasmine St. Clair. No, nah, don't get Jasmine. Get Francine. I spent some time in ECW, no, and I was no, very curious. Mike. Jasmine St. Clair. Let's throw in a hot Freeland, in he's got his heart set on Francine. That's all that's going to make it that's good all right that's now. That's going to make it work. If you really no, I'm going to have to talk to Chad to try to get something set Yeah, up. you got to bring yeah. Francine on. Look, I will give her free merch. I'll give her a Mike World Order thong, tank top, wherever she wants. I got her. Okay. Oh, okay. Mike, she's Where married, Mike, man. Where is my so, Mike World Order T-shirt? It's at the border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, along with my front row material stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Freeland is gone. Like oh, it looks like we're hijacking the show. Anywho. Yeah. Okay, um, here's the shit show here, guys. All right, Just here like goes. my cult of Beardo, which I'm an actual fucking co-host of. Well, well. Why? I'm on Mike World Order Eight podcast, which That's is officially why. on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasting, Anchor. Thank you. Oh, and, 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 and I would like for y'all to be a guest on the next few episodes that I got planned out. If you, you can, I'll go on, Mike. Your fucking show, Mike. You know, another thing. I'm, I'm sorry. So inappropriate. I'll be drunk. Francie was the one. She's the one. Like, she think like beautiful lady. She's, I don't care if she married. You think that stopped Mike Unit? Mike <laughs> Unit. <laughs> just just a piece of paper. Ask my yeah, exactly. It's just, just a piece made of paper. no difference to her. Look, and you know what? She oh, there he is. Look, Hi, Freeland. Can, How you doing, buddy? Look, she can just blow a kiss at me, and I'm like, oh. I will do my very darndest to try to make that happen i will talk to her producer and see what we can do My so student, i will blow a kiss at you buddy I'll, oh god I don't will, do that please look no, 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 no. Nope. on there i will nope. drive all the way to ohio and i kiss you myself freeland i took the oh vaccine. lord no 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 none of that no. well oh. I, I i would tell you this before we we get any further down the uh the, the love fest um before it turns into splooge city I do want oh to my promote. God. I do want to promote this. Another this, free shirt. Pre- no, yeah, yeah, I am yeah. promoting the Mike World Order. I've got my own. I wear this all the time. People are like, "That is cool as hell." I'm telling you right now, Mike. Tell people how they can become too sweet and they can get your virtual merchandise. All righty. If you want to be too sweet with the Mike World Order, what you're going to have to do is go to tinyurl.com. Slash MWO merch that will give you access to Mike World Order t shirts, baby outfits, tank tops. Now, if you're interested in other items such as thongs, face masks, those are wow, you have to get at me on that. I even have a special going on where I'm having my vendor make glow in the dark Mike World Order masks. So you could be having the glow while looking too sweet. Hey, Freeland, put that shirt up again. I'm about to screenshot it on my TV because I also got going on TV. Do it, Freeland. Let's go. People can like stream it. Let me let me get this microphone out of the way. Come on. Yes. I need a mic like that. Just so you know. 
There we go. Hey, 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 Mike Unit. That that screen to your uh, to your right looked a lot better there for a second. What do you mean? Put it back up, Freeland. Put it back up. <laughs> like this? You know what? You can officially. Yeah, just keep it up there. Listen here, Show it off because uh, last time I saw one of the posts that Freeland did of our screenshots. I think it was Mr. Which one of y'all complained that y'all weren't on the screenshot? I wasn't here. Me. Well, guess what? You're on. I got you. When I post you, buddy. I got I'd it. like to know why in the hell Boog wasn't in on here tonight. Boog, what's yeah, your Yeah, where's your boy Boog? Yeah, Boog's working. But Boog. Boog's working. Yeah. Freeland, oh, it's Boog. okay. Boog is a loyal listener, our only listener on Call He's the only Chico. one. Yeah, yeah. Boog, Boog's, Boog's like, I'm at work right one now. Fan. One. Yeah. We want to thank talking, everybody. <laughs> We want to thank everybody uh, for joining us tonight. Obviously, it's a little bit yep. shorter than we expected, but then again, hey, that's kind of my love life. Um, yep. Let's go ahead and let's go. Let's go around the horn and let's tell people where. <laughs> oh, that is the power of the host. You know what, Freeland? It's funny because I haven't got kicked out yet. What's going on with that? You haven't I'm trying not to get kicked out. You haven't talked the size of my gimmick yet. I haven't done what with your gimmick? You haven't talked about the size of my gimmick yet. Nor so will let's, I. Go, let's go around the horn here. First, we're going to start off with, you know what, eat shit. We're going to start <laughs> off with... Uh, we're going we're gonna to start off with our good friend, the Unabomber, a.k.a. Uh, Jesus, aka Russo Jr., aka the man hanging out in his garage who normally hangs outside by himself. Ooh, uh, look at my garage, isn't this great, guys? Okay, this is fantastic. It's a nice garage on the it audio. Nice you can't garage. hear any of this. Okay, anyways, go ahead. So, so, tell people where they can follow you if they would like to continue this conversation on social media. Go ahead and plug away. Uh, Savage Liam on Twitter, uh, Instagram. I am Savage Liam nineteen seventy eight. That's Liam with L I A M because not everybody can spell apparently because some t- people have tried before but they can't get it. And uh, yeah, well, I think they are. Um, yeah, Twitter is probably the best uh, part for me right now, I guess, as far as uh, this podcast goes. So everybody, try me on there, Savage Liam. Did you just say L I A M? Because some people can't spell. <laughs> oh well, would you okay? Would you believe that uh, people have said my name in the past? They've said Liam, Lime, uh, Lemon. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? This this name has been popularized for the last twenty years, and nobody can still get it. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Brother, my last name is Butt. B-U-T-T. Let's get I know. Ass. I feel your pain. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. Fuck me. You know what I'm Fuck saying? you, too. Hockey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Name across your jersey. C. Butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm big. I beat the guts out of people for making fun of me. Anyways, guys, that's my handle. Over to Butt because he's going to start yelling at you guys if you say the wrong thing. 
Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, no, we, we appreciate that. Uh, Christopher, Bob, please tell all the listeners where they can continue uh, this conversation on social media if they would like to talk. Why do you have one earpiece in, like, your fucking Charles Corral from, like, 1974 so so News? Look at this. What is your deal? Yeah, that's – that's no, no one does that. What do you think? me. Hello. This is, is, uh, is this better? No. Fuck put, it. Put them both in. Yeah. Look, look no, like I a broadcaster. Look okay. like a broadcaster. Death All right. Begin with, but okay. So if people would like to be your DD, tell them where to find nine one For some fucking reason you want to message me, do it. I don't give a fuck. I'll say something stupid, <laughs> inappropriate. Wow. on that guy. And that's about it. Be good to each other. Stay safe. Always there's some love, and if you don't like it, eat a dick. I don't give a fuck. Wow, you know what? You know what? Gary I love? Springer, everybody. He he tells he tells everybody, you know, just go after yourself, do this, do that, and then all of a sudden it's like, cue oh, the full house music, like listen, when Danny it, walks in the room. Hey, listen, treat everybody right. Treat each other nice. If you don't want to treat each other nice, go fuck yourself. Who gives a yeah. flying fuck? That's and eat a dick. Decent people. Eat a big bag. Eat a dick. Yeah, big old bag, like of dick. Dick. Fuck it. Yeah. big old bag of dicks. Except yes. for the rip. Uh, we can eat a bag of dicks anytime. <laughs> so we're, we're going to go to the Rit, who does look a little different this week. Rit, looks like you might have, uh, you, you changed your look dicks. up a little bit. You straighten your beard? No, he, he got rid of the, uh, the uh, stash uh, top. Now he's just got the. Uh, trim, trimmed it down a little. Trimmed it down a little. Oh, you got uh, his, peach buzz now. His new look nice. is based is brought to you by WeAreHairy.com, and I hope people get that reference. Harry's beer trimmers. There we go. We are no wow. WeAreHairy.com. You have to check that out. All right, Harry.com. There you go. Okay. But uh, you can find me at underscore the underscore writ on Twitter. You can uh, hit us up on Cultabirdo at Cultabirdo. Uh, you can check me the butt out. Uh, Big Daddy Beardo and Groberg every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on our own Twitch channel, Cult of Beardo. Uh, so jump on over there, subscribe, check us out. And uh, just want to say thank you, Mr. Freeland. You're welcome. You're absolutely welcome. Oh, you are a. I have no uh, idea what these people are talking about. I want to bet. I called him up three rings later. Freeland's like, yes, Mr. Ritt. I did. Damn. So I don't yeah. know what you guys are talking about. You can't get a hold of him. Nobody calls me. Oh, don't Liam. worry. I'll get his number soon enough. Don't worry. Just hate us Canadians. Liam? Yep. DM me, buddy. We, we can I will, buddies. buddy. Yes. Yes, for I sure. appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, we, got the Can- we got the Canadian faction right here. The Heart American. Foundation. Yeah, you got you got the double mics here. What, what should we call ourselves, Mike? The United Empire. Man, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that Mike's one got the answer right away? I love it. Vicious and delicious. What about that one? No, vicious no, don't do that. No. So is that no. because I, I'm I'm built like Scott Norton with the bald head and the goatee and everything? <laughs> You're vic- you, you you could be delicious. And I, I don't know. I vicious and delicious. Vicious. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 vicious and delicious. With and Mike, Mike Freeland. Freeland. Well, well, <laughs> Mike, can, can I be vicious and you be delicious? Neither of you are Bagwell, so it's not going to work out. Okay, one of you, you has to be Norton. Neither of you is Bagwell. Like. 
That's not what the female cop said to me uh, Sunday morning at my other job. What? What? Up against the walls? No, I got hit on by a female cop at my my weekend job because I work in the mall. I work for Fossil. But okay, you work for who? Fossil, the place that does watches and oh yes, okay. I thought you said Foxy. I was no Fossil. So no, it just it just it was one of those moments where. You know, I, I helped her with a watch and all that, and you know, she saw my Mike World Order mask, and you know, instantly she was a wrestling fan. And then, for somehow, we went from talking about wrestling to, you know, appearance and how you can't really tell people's feelings because you, you know, facial expressions because of the mask. And she's like, right. "Well, you can always tell by looking at their eyes." And I said, "Okay, so what do you see right now based on my eyes?" Oh, smooth. Most people think I look like some angry, thuggish person. And she's like, no, you look like a teddy bear. She said, you look like someone I could just hug for a couple hours. And I'm oh. like, okay. Oh, boy. 40-year-old. All right, cop. Mike. She was, she was a MILF, too. Blonde hair. You know, she was, she could get Describe it. Describe her to us, Mike. Bring, Describe bring her. Bring her on the show. Bring her on the show. She's a wrestling fan. I looked at it like this. The best way to describe her, you know, she was caked up, caked out, and a grown ass woman. And she looked like she don't take shit from nobody. And I like she it. let it be known. I mean, it was at like the point where because of it, my co-workers kept fucking with me and was like, okay, care bear. So one of them did like a little care bear heart and put it on my stomach. I actually posted it on my Instagram page. Um, for those who don't know, uh Mike World order on Instagram. That photo's there. So add me, look at the photo, get your laugh on. It's public. It's not a private thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's really <laughs> <laughs> thing on my stomach. And because of that, the inside joke, people that have been hitting me up, they'd be like, so how's it going, Care Bear? And I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay, okay. For the record, there's only one person allowed to tell people to go fuck themselves and be really vulgar on the show. This guy. So Congress. <laughs> Don't make me have to use my care bear in this on you like Ugh. I'm the token person who swears all the time and gets buckled. You can't replace me. Okay, so we, we have our two international friends. They have gone ahead and given their plugs. Uh Rit. Hi. Rit, what what you already gave in yours? So oh. you're you're Rit underscore underscore. He's busy on his phone. Fucking. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> What's with the underscore? Can you explain to me why that? Why can't you just be at the Rit? Because apparently someone else has. I have the same problem as Mikey. Apparently someone else up? already has the Rit. <laughs> so I had to add an underscore okay. to the underscore Rit. Guess what? <laughs> Someone has the underscore writ. So I had to go underscore the underscore writ. And then they said, you're good. Well, okay, listen here, Braun Strowman Jr. You know what you need to be doing? You told, me on, you told me on the phone, you told me on the phone you were going to start going by a new nickname. Okay, why do you look like a member of MS-13 when you sit like that? What, what is your deal? He's trying to good get jacked him. up. Look at him. Look at him. 
And he's getting, 13. He's getting well, a little swole. Like, like you Mike have Cook me next to saying. Mike Unit, all people. Mike, you have me next to him. If I was yeah. next to you, I could sit and relax. But no, I mean, I'm next to him. <laughs> oh. Okay, oh, there he is. Okay. Leo, oh, oh, do you have anybody's phone number? I have one here. person's phone number, and I'm going to get in touch with you, mister. Don't you worry. I have uh, right. The Rit did his. Mike, what is your plugs? How can people get a hold of you? People want to go ahead and follow you, and they want to pick up some sweet merchandise like this Mike World Order shirt. How do they pick up their very own? So um, you can find me, like I said, on Instagram at Mike World Order. Make fun of the Care Bear photo. I don't care. It still oh. looks good. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Unit. That was Mikey Whitbrex idea. Basically, how many Mike, eyes, Mike? Five eyes. How many eyes? Five, five. eyes. Okay. It's five eyes. Three ain't enough. Okay. I need five. Unit. And you can also get my merch at tinyurl.com slash MWO merch. I'm like, I'm tired. And for special requests, like face masks, female thongs. Let me be specific. <laughs> it really okay. has one of your thongs. He wears I it backwards. on those. Okay. And All right. one, more, one more thing. One more thing. One more. Just one more. Francine, if you're out there, I love you. Thick like fucking king pancake batter, I think. Yes. That's what she said. Yeah. Thick like oh pancake batter with maple syrup in it. Yep. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did They're you say? Canada. Wait. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, Never yeah. gonna stop. If if Just you would for like record shipping to Canada, it's like seventeen thousand fucking dollars. Twenty five dollars <laughs> shirt. Seventeen grand to get a fucking ship there. You could drive there and back or fucking Holy fuck. If you would like to if you would like to get these really cool coasters, please by all means call the angry drunken uh dwarf oh, up in Canada me. right now. Freeland, I'll be his intermediary, okay? I'll I'll make sure that everything gets taken care of. Perfect. No. That's what I like okay. to hear. He wants to get some Mike Order Coast Mike or World Order coasters, uh, but go ahead and hook him up. Yeah, but fuck him. You what? guys, you guys talk. No, <laughs> no t-shirt. No. Fuck off. Wow. <laughs> wow. I tell you, we are the most. Shipping. I ain't paying duty. Fuck you. Well, look, wow. I'll okay. see you on WCW versus MWO World Tour. That's mm -hmm. also a t-shirt I had made. You got the NWO, the New World. No, no, the Mike World. I got it as an actual T-shirt. Six off two, of a video game, but it's the Mike World Order logo. Drunken, on. angry Newfie. No. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pile drive you through a table, but oh man, there's Anton, aka the aka Kevin McAllister. Look at that pic right there. Add <laughs> my dick. <laughs> there he is. There's my boy. Yes. <laughs> my God, I swear your your liver's like. Your liver's worse than Scott Hall right now. I, I don't. Oh, I can't even imagine what the hell's terrible. going on. Terrible. It is. Bottoms up and fingers out. That's right. All right, guys. That is going to do it. I would like to thank our special guest tonight, Jim Molino. We're going to go ahead and plug 
Uh, his Twitter account and where you can find him when conventions uh, start going up again. If you would like to book him as well, you can DM him uh, that information as well. And if you'd like to get a hold of him through me, you can do that as well. My DMs are always open. Uh, for the writ, for the butt, for... Uh, I don't even know at this point in time, but what are we going to call you? You look like you look like one of the characters off of Star Wars, right? Wasn't there a guy who who, who looked like that with a hood? Fuck yourself. Yeah. What? What? what he, he? Yeah. Well, I don't even know. You're you're hanging out in, in like a home. I'm my own right fucking now. person, Freeland. Okay. Yeah. Enough of making fun of me. I am my own person. I am not Thank trying you. to make fun of you, but I would say you probably want to get a hold of Michael Strahan. He could probably hook you up with someone to fix that. Hold and on. thank no. you for my good friend, Mike Cook. I just Mike, figured it out. Let, we're going to let you leave the show. I just figured it one out. Final word. The name of our group. Nope. I just figured it out. Just hear me out. Man. Go ahead. Since New Japan disappointed us with the World Heavyweight title, I yes, got they it. Did. We call we call ourselves IWGP. I want to get podcasted. Oh, that's not sounds dirty. I want to get podcasted. Podcast me. I like that. Want to get fucking podcasted? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, check out Call to Beardo. It's going to be on Thursday night on their very own Twitch stream. Don't miss it. It's going to be. Christopher Budd, it's going to be the Rit, it's going to be Big Daddy Beardo and Grover. I'm going to join in. Okay. In my world order as well. God bless. New episode tomorrow night. Good New episode of my world order. Where, where can they tune? Are you streaming live? I'm not. So I do it off of Anchor. So the episode will drop Wednesday night. Wednesday night. like a ball set. On Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, I'm on them. I will make sure that we retweet that information as well. So go ahead and uh, subscribe and download the most recent episode of the Mike World Order. We're going to go ahead and tweet out that link so you can go ahead and get the merchandise as well. Uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Um, I think so. Anybody else have anything else to say before we wrap this thing up? I let's get, get the fuck up. out of here, boys. Can yeah, we get an open? Yeah, Rit, yeah, can we get an open? Rit looks Gary? like he's been road road hard and hung up wet. You are you okay, buddy? Oh. Are you going to be getting up at like three in the morning again for work? No, uh, four thirty. Oh, oh, we we got to let him go. Uh, what time do you got to get up, Luke Skywalker? Uh, let me guess. Uh, ten o'clock at night. Because I work nights, so I'm good to go. That's very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what, what time you got to get up in the morning? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Same time I got to get up. Oh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Well, that's because I got to beat traffic because I'm on I-95 now going to work. Uh, <laughs> stuck in that morning traffic. Terrible. All right. this guy. Take Nothing care of yourself. Fuck your ass, the- yep, everybody's gonna go <laughs> fuck their ass, as uh, as the as the furry dwarf would say. All right, guys, that's gonna do it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We love you all. As as the butt would say, take care of yourselves and uh, each other. Bottoms up and pinkies Thank out. You out.